This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Ponco Chicken. Ponco Chicken, if you did not already know, is a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine. Uh, there are stores, if you're not familiar, um, all around the Atlanta area. Uh, there's one in Marietta now. There's one in Buckhead. There's one in Shambly. There's one in uh, Midtown. They're popping up everywhere because Ponco is awesome and uh, they're like family. So um, go check out Ponco if you have not already. It is the home of the award-winning Japanese American Chicken Tender. Just to brag on them a little bit more, they were Verizon Super Bowl Live top-selling vendor, three-peat Taste of Atlanta award winner, uh, Midtown Alliance best taste winner. Just they won all the awards because Ponco is great and Ponco is delicious. So if you are in the Atlanta area and are looking to try something new and good and delicious, go check out Ponco Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. Uh, also, if you have not already, go check out chasemonspodcast.com. It's where all of my episodes to all of my podcasts are, all of my writing that I do, uh, more information on me and who I am um, and why you should be listening to this podcast and reading my work and all of that great stuff. Go do that. Go to Chase Thomas Podcast today. If you're an Apple podcast listener, go ahead and leave me five stars and a rating and a review. That's great. I need it. Um, it helps the show continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Um, you can listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google Play, everywhere where you can get your podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. So go do that today. Um, all right. I think that's everything. We can get into today's episode. Uncle Darren, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Welcome back to a... Friday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Eric Brady of RBR Wrestling is here because Eric Brady, unlike most Americans, doesn't go to work, but still gets paid for it. Eric, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. I, it's the gig economy in America now, so that's mm-hmm. that's what I do. That's not what you do at all. I, it's, uh, I don't know what the gig economy is. Mm-hmm. It's like Uber Eats drivers, right? Uh, no, it, it requires more than one. Like The gig economy is that you you have multiple things going on. So you're doing one gig to the other and you're bouncing around from different job to different job. That makes sense. Yeah. I do the reverse of that where it's less than one. Exactly. (laughs) It's the next step. It's the (laughs) the new frontier of capitalism. Or socialism. That's, (laughs) that's not that. What is happening? We're solving. What are, what are we here for chase? What's happening on this Friday afternoon? Um, what is happening on this Friday afternoon? You know, it's going to be a good day, Eric Brady. And I um I watched too much wrestling this week. I the, the Royal Rumble just the 2-hour kickoff show. I I can't believe they're still doing these. Like, did you sit through those? Like, it was no. only 30 minutes of wrestling and then an hour and a half of Sam Roberts 
And that cast was just, who does that? Who sits there for that hour and a half? I do it for WrestleMania, no matter how many hours it is, because that feels like an all-day event anyway. Like the Super Bowl this weekend is one of those, like, I'm not just here to watch the game. I'm here to watch, like, all of it. I'm here to get the crew together and get the snacks and just sit around all day doing this. But for cut that, us. get the crew together and get some snacks because I there was one <laughs> phrase I never thought I would hear, hear Eric Brady usher in on this podcast. It's that that was snacks. the broiest you've ever sounded. But like, imagine doing that every four weeks for every WWE pay per view. That's absurd. Yeah, no, that's awful. The Royal Rumble, probably my favorite show of the year. Most years, yeah. it's such a Not fun. This year. Dump. No, didn't didn't love it. Gotta wow. say, didn't love wow. it. Is it your favorite show so far this year? Uh, no. Damn it. Cause I thought, because it was the only one. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah, no. Didn't really like it. I, um, we got to get into the Drew McIntyre. I feel like that's the opening thing where, like, it was supposed to be a big moment where he eliminated Brock. And Brock was awesome in this. And I was texting back and forth with friend of the pod, Mike Pellucci of The Athletic, where we were talking about, because he's a big Drew guy and loved his heel stuff and evolve and, like, we'll ride and die for for drew and drew by all accounts seems like a really awesome human being um i just something i've written about before is that his character they call him the term the swish what is it what not even yep the swiss cyborg the scottish psychopath scottish psychopath i hate all these nicknames but all of these things they throw out with drew mcintyre and they've thrown out for the last year is just they fall on deaf ears because they don't actually let him explain or do anything. Like he has these squashes. He does all of the things that like, Oh, none of this gets somebody over in 2020. And it just annoys me. And his character annoys me. He doesn't really have anything. Just he's big. He looks the part. And I've written, I've written about this where it's like, all it is is that he looks like a Vince McMahon guy. Like that's why he came in as the chosen one. It's just, he has the look, but there's just, something missing i get why you'd want to push drew mcintyre i get why you want to build your company around him i get the idea but he is just a good in theory guy to me and i think once that wears off and you realize oh he might be in the main event of wrestlemania you're like no this this is not right like this he he just to me feels closer to 3mb ish than main event superstar and i think he's somewhere in the middle but i i tend to go the other way and i'm sure those three-man band opinion. comparisons will come back in may when he's defending his title against jinder mahal oh god because that's inevitable i think the Wait, problem you think with he's the, winning i i think there's a good chance hmm. i think that's the problem though is the fact that wrestlemania is the biggest show of the year he's going in, in the title match it should be this big payoff of a guy who has spent the year working his way here and it's this is the culmination and they're just starting that build for him now. Yeah. It's 10 weeks out. Which is, I mean, 10 weeks is still plenty of time. But you look at how much everybody loved Kofi Kingston last year, or Daniel Bryan a few years ago. Those are people who had been in the company a long time, much like Drew McIntyre. But by then, you had felt like they deserved this opportunity. And even though Drew, they pointed out this is his first ever title opportunity in WWE, first world title opportunity, it doesn't feel like that. Right. It doesn't feel like a guy who was never given a chance. It feels like a guy who's just like always there, but nobody was ever asking for more. Mm -hmm. No one was asking for the Drew McIntyre rise in 2020. Like they're just, I mean, there are worse options, but it's just, 
when you have Kevin Owens, I mean, the Samoa Joe injury sucks. Um, he's just pretty injury prone at this point. But there's not a lot of great options. Ricochet's not there. It, they're not a lot of like top even eight. your slip of the tongue earlier where you said swiss cyborg cesaro's yeah. nickname one of those guys who people feel like deserves more than he gets mm-hmm. nobody felt that way about drew mcintyre he is very talented like i'm not knocking the guy he is big he is a good wrestler he's a good talker now it's just he only seems to have put all those pieces together very recently where it does feel like a good time to start trying him out and start pushing him up and up that card and making him more important. But to go from just starting to try him out to two weeks later, announcing that he's facing Brock Lesnar at the biggest show of the year is such a quick push. Yeah. And I think their idea was like, it's okay that it's quick because we can tell the easy story of he was the one to eliminate Brock. Like that was his moment. That's when they turned the corner and it was like, Oh shit, Drew's coming. But which is also why I didn't think he was going to win the dang match. I thought that was going to be enough is like, wow, Drew McIntyre eliminated Brock Lesnar. I bet Brock's going to want retribution now. Yeah. And then they had him win. Also, you're like, you don't need to give him all of this right now. Ease it back a little bit. Yeah, I um, I don't think this was the right thing. And I but the just the reports that it was going to be Baszler and Roman Reigns winning their respective ones. At least that made sense. Like because of the last year that they've had, it wouldn't be crazy and it would make just continuity sense for those two to win, especially Roman beating Corbin and getting that off. And the camera work in that match, 10 out of 10. Loved the way the camera followed Reigns and Corbin around the arena. That was a lot of fun. I very much enjoyed that match, and I did not think I would enjoy it. Um, I'm glad that's finally over, um, but I did really like that, and I think I'm even a little surprised at how over Roman is getting right now. So I was surprised that Roman didn't win. That was a very big shock to me, but it's obvious that they can easily get him into the title yeah. match. But it and is It seemed like ballsy. Roman and Drew were the two guys that were going to be put in those title matches. Yeah, and so with Drew fun. eliminating Brock, then it felt more like, well, then Roman will win, and they each have set up their their match. Yeah, it felt like Batista and John Cena from like 15 years ago when they both were in the final two, and it was like it didn't really matter who won because we knew that both were going to yeah. be in the title match. Now that we're in the era of two title belts, it's a lot easier to be like, we don't have to pick anymore. Yeah, um, but obviously, um, I don't think Drew McIntyre is on the level of either of them, but I. You don't think Drew McIntyre is on the level of John Cena? No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though The Rock, who just weirdly loves him, that was one of the weird things. Is he's got the right people in his corner, which is good for his career. But it just—I don't know. I think I'm missing something there. Um, He's no Austin Theory to me. But (laughs) is that um, your hill to die on, dude? Austin Theory. I wrote about him a couple weeks ago. That guy is going to be a superstar. Like there is no doubt that that guy is going to be one of Vince McMahon's and this company's top guys in the next five years. Zero the, doubt. The first time I ever saw him was that Evolve 10th anniversary show because they put it on the WWE Network. He's very good. He has the bright mixture of awesome wrestler, great look, and he can actually talk. But isn't he just, little? Is he what? Isn't he like a little guy? None of that matters as much anymore. I just, I don't think that matters as much in 2020. He'll make a great NXT champion. I think he's going to be hotshotted to the main roster. Hopefully. They need a new... Like, they don't have a John Cena now. Like, Roman no, Reigns is the closest, but it's a yeah. big gap down. Because I would say John Cena is not at the popular... Like, John Cena's peak popularity was certainly not Stone Cold's popularity. 
but I think he was closer there than Roman is to John. Yeah. I would and, agree with that. And Stone Cold was probably above Hogan before him. Hmm. It's hard to measure that. I don't know how we would quantify it. Um, yeah, I I just it's balls the NWE's part to position their main they're like the main events. So we have three, I guess we should say, right? Because it's probably going to be it, I, it, the Charlotte stuff's awkward because I don't know how that works if she challenges Rhea and we get that. Like I think that's a better match, and I think people would be more into that than they would um, Charlotte versus Becky part 9000 but i just it's ballsy to build your wrestlemania around the fiend versus roman reigns and drew mcintyre versus brock lesnar like that is two stinkers on the way and i just i mean wrestlemania is already a slog of a show but if they really go into wrestlemania with those two as your main event it's just i don't see a way that ends well both of those just absolute stink bombs so you're excited for WrestleMania? <laughs> I'm not at all. I just I I'm laying it out in my head of just like what matches we're positioned to get right now, and just about all of them are stink bombs. Although I mean, I guess last year the match that stole the show, the Kofi Kingston title yeah. win, that wasn't planned at this point. That's true, but the th- there was a lot more uncertainty with the top titles. There's no uncertainty. We know it's Drew and Roman. Yeah. Well, maybe it won't be Roman. I mean, I, I I don't see how that's possible. I mean, Drew for sure is a lock at this point. That's been announced. That's yeah. done. Unless he gets Damian Sand out or something. Yeah. Unless he gets hurt or something. Yeah. But like, Roman is the assumption for the other one because he is Roman Reigns. He is the top star. But maybe they have something else for him. What is the I, point of doing I, all here's this? The, I don't think they'll do anything less for him. I don't think it'll be like, oh, he's going to have another match with King Corbin again after a nine-month feud but maybe there's something else that's like not on the cards yet that could happen. Like, Oh, it's the rock is going to come work with Roman or something. That sounds awful. Um, no, thanks. Hard pass. Now you hate the rock too. I love the rock. I don't want the room. I don't want the rock working with Roman reigns. Who cares? What? No. They're family. I've heard. Um, do you not see Hobbs and Shaw? (laughs) I did not actually. Um, but John Cena's in fast nine, right? Yeah. I'm excited for that. Love he's the, fast the new. Movies. He's the new Rock. You love to see it. Um, it's been a tough, tough week for him. I think his ex got preggers. Yeah, right on time. Wasn't it like simultaneously with her twin sister? Yeah, I think they said it was like two weeks apart or something. But they announced <laughs> it together. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. Uh, I just the Bella twins, and also Miss Nikki Bella. She'd be uh, very important on this roster right now because that was something else I had in my notes about the women's Royal Rumble, which. Just an, it was the Bianca Belair show, which was great because she's awesome. Um, I thought she came out looking the best in this. Shannon Baszler came out looking the worst. Um, Liv Morgan felt like a star, which is not something I thought would happen. But like, who had before the Rusev love triangle that the biggest winner would be Liv Morgan? I, I don't think any of us had that. But she's, I don't know. She looks like a star. People react and. Um, her new music sucks, so I gotta fix that because all the new music in WWE sucks right now. Um, bring back CFO Dollar Sign or Jim Johnson or literally anybody. Montezzi, friend of the pod. Um, get anybody in there because uh, it's not good. I don't know who's creating it right now, but it is it's, it's quite bad, especially in this Rumble. Um, I like how whatever person we hated at the time, like CFO Dollar Sign, as soon as they're gone, it's like no, no, bring them back again. 
Yeah. They were actually good, and these people are actually bad. Yes, whoever it is. I, I, that's the best part. Is like We have no idea who's doing the music for WWE right now, do we? Do you even know? I don't. I mean, I know the uh, the Wrestle and Flow guys helped with some stuff, but well, I don't think... stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just... Bianca Belair was incredible in this. Uh, I can't believe they didn't have Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox interact in this Rumble. That was quite dumb. Because uh, was... they only had one of them at all, right? I thought they were both in. Am I oh, crazy? Right. I remember they were on NXT this week. Yeah. I, thought, I know one of them was in the Rumble for sure. I know Dakota Kai was, but maybe she wasn't. But either way, like they should have been. If you're going to include... like The biggest thing was like how many NXT people were in this Rumble. There were more NXT people than there were for any other brand. Yeah, and I was like, this is how... And then you look at the, the men's Rumble, is. and there were two. Yeah. Because that's 100%. all they needed. They needed to fill in the little tiny gaps they still had left. And even then, like they didn't need to. They had announced like Lashley and Rusev for those spots and then took them out. They had enough men to not need to borrow any. Whereas the women's division was like, you know, even with the legends coming back, even with the like surprise returns of Naomi and stuff, we still need 12 women from NXT to come fill out this match. Which was insane. How is the main roster this thin? It's, I mean, that's been the problem for that match <laughs> since it started. Yeah. Because they decided right away that they're going to do a 30-woman match, the same as the men, which I understand why they wanted to do that, but their <laughs> division doesn't have 30 people. So every year, it's either a ton of old-timers or a ton of developmental people. And then you have the problem where the developmental people outshine the top stars. Yes. Like, Bianca Belair felt like the biggest deal in this match. Yeah. She was so damn good. I mean, I would call her up today. Like, there is... She is ready. Her husband's already on Raw. Bianca versus Becky would just... It'd be a lot more interesting than what Becky's going to be doing. The most like, interesting thing Becky's done all year was working with Shayna, working yes. with another NXT talent. Their developmental uh, well, people are the like their stars. Oscar is the most interesting. Her and Oscar just have chemistry, and their match yeah. was great. Those two, they deserve a WrestleMania match against each other, but it's never going to happen. Um, but no, those two just—they're magic together. I'll accept that. And that's just sad. Like, that's the other thing where I was like watching this and I was like, I don't know why they didn't, they don't just do, or they didn't just hold off Asuka versus um, Lynch at Mania. And then also, how does it, how do you explain Charlotte going after Rhea Ripley and who, do you turn Charlotte heel here? Do you I, make her... I still hope that doesn't happen. I know that's what everyone's reporting, but that's just, this seems like a lose-lose. Yeah. Like, if Charlotte wins i don't want charlotte to go to nxt right now like we just talked about how great that division is they i don't, don't need her need her yeah. at all and i don't want her there and if she loses like that looks like shit for charlotte she won't be able to get retribution she's not on that show and Rhea doesn't like need that right now she's fine it yeah. would have made more sense a month ago when Shayna was nxt champion and had been champ for over a year and was unbeatable and had beaten the whole division then I could see someone like a Charlotte being like, let me show you what the real talent here has to offer. I think that she should just challenge Bailey and go from there. Rhea has had one title defense as of now. Yeah. And it was on Worlds Collide, which a lot of people probably didn't watch. I did not watch Worlds Collide, but I did see that Jordan Devlin um, won the yeah. Cruiserweight the little title. guy belt. Yeah, yeah, they had to get him off of NXT UK because Brexit goes into effect tomorrow. Mm, mm, so mm. they had to get him over to America while they still could. The other yeah. one we're challenging for the NXT belts is 
NXT does Takeover the night before WrestleMania. So oh, yeah. Do you have Rhea Ripley work both shows, or do you have her skip Takeover? Do you have the NXT champion of the women's division skip the biggest NXT show of the year because she has to work Charlotte the next night? Because that would be shitty. Yeah, she I also don't like any of this. Because that was the problem with War Games last year, which was a really good show still, but they couldn't have any title matches because they couldn't change who the champions were a night before Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, we need Roderick Strong to be a North American champion, so we can book him, but not in a title match. We can book all the tag champs, the women's champ, the men's champ, but no one can defend anything. Hmm. Except maybe the cruiserweights, because they don't count as people. They're small. Also, just <laughs> I can't get over how silly the cruiserweight division being in NXT is. <laughs> it's a good Jordan group. Devlin, what is the size difference between him and Adam Cole? Uh, weight size or height wise? Both. Weight's probably not very much. <laughs> Adam Cole is like 95 pounds. Angel Garza probably tall. towers over <laughs> Adam Cole. Adam Cole looks super tall. Like, Does he? I picture Adam Cole being like six foot three, but I also picture him being 150 pounds. There's no way he's six three. He's billed at six foot, so he's probably five. I was going to say, yeah, nine. he's like six foot five eleven. <laughs> But if they say he's six foot, he's definitely not. Yeah, he's he's six foot is listed, so he's definitely five eleven. I think it's just that he's so skinny, he looks taller. Because mm-hmm. you're like nobody should be that proportion. Oh, that's me. You're describing me. Yeah, no offense. <laughs> but with the hair, you're six feet, right? <laughs> exactly. You exactly. grow it out. Okay. Want to talk about the big surprise in the men's rumble? Uh, Edge. Who? I was talking about Baron Corbin not winning. But yeah, uh, we can talk about the return of Edge. Um, I love the the look. So one of the things I went back and looked at was just all of his different emotions he had coming out because I I do agree with people who it was like it hit him where he was like I never thought I would do this again. Like I never thought I would be able to hit a spear on somebody on WWE television ever again. I I loved all the ranging. Like he was so pumped to come out, and then he was like, oh shit! Like he looked scared at moments, and it was just. He he went through like the full stages, every stage imaginable to returning from a devastating injury. I, I just, it was still very surreal. Like Daniel Bryan wasn't as surreal to me because I was just like, this dude is going to do whatever. I, I just, I can't believe that he's done. But like Edge, when he was done, it was like, oh, right. This dude's neck doesn't work. And it like, happened he, so long ago. Right. Like Daniel Bryan was still gone for years before he came back. But if you think of Daniel Bryan's career of this guy who like, came to the main roster, worked his way up to being champion, main evented WrestleMania, left for a couple years and came back and has now been back a few years. That pretty much all happened since Edge has been gone. Mm. Like Daniel Bryan debuted six months before Edge left. And I think that's That's what's exciting about this because when Bryan was gone for three years and came back, people were like, well, what are the dream matches? Oh, Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano. Like who are the people that have come up either been signed or just ascended in status since he's been gone that he never had the chance to work with before because they weren't there or they weren't important enough. And if you think of how long Edge has been gone, that list is huge because it's like Roman Reigns hadn't been there before. Seth Rollins hadn't been signed. Daniel Bryan was a nobody. Like Edge has been gone because the best part of WWE storytelling is the fact that characters can persist for like such long periods and leave and come back and you can tell these stories you couldn't tell in most shows like if you think about how much story has happened since edge has been gone if you want to like compare it to non-wrestling things 
the week after Edge left is when Game of Thrones debuted. <laughs> that entire show happened since this guy's been gone. The first Avengers movie was a year after Edge left. Like, the world is so different now that we have such familiarity with this character. We know so much about him, but it feels like he's being dropped in a new world almost. Like, yeah. it was, I think maybe that's kind of why they put him out there with Orton right away, is to remind you who Edge is almost. But everybody else he's going to work with are going to be new, fresh matches. Because Orton is like, how many other guys are still around from Edge's time? Mysterio, Orton, Kane mm. on occasion. Yeah. Like, um. Cena's gone. Punk was around. I mean, he's not even back yet, but maybe he's going to be back. But, like, Punk's ascension was after Edge left. The summer of Punk hadn't happened yet. Bobby Lashley? That's right. That's the dream match now. <laughs> Edge and Lash Lesnar hadn't come back. Like, yeah, all these Not people are going to be new things for Edge. Almost any match they drop him in now is going to be. And he had a promo on Raw where he talked about like all the faces he saw backstage that he hopes to work with. I assume that's sincere of him. It seems like they are they're going to make him a significant portion of the show. The only issue is it sounds like it's only five matches a year, which isn't a lot. No. I'm okay also, with it being like he literally not every could week. get paralyzed, right? Isn't that still like a thing? Like he got cleared. I don't and it was an independent doctor where it sounded pretty final that like, yeah, this guy, you wrestling anymore, you could paralyze yourself. It's like, worth it. If he can work with the fiend, it'll be worth it. No, thank you. Um, I don't know who my biggest edge dream match is with the current roster. Probably AJ Styles. I and mean, that was the one they like seemed they wanted to set up until AJ got hurt. Yeah, like Edge's only real interactions back. in the Rumble were Orton and Styles. And I think Styles makes the most sense to me. I think. Um, have they done Edge and Christian before? You could do that. Uh, I think they were a team at one point. Hmm. Hmm. I think that might be what you're thinking of. I would love to bring Christian back as the, I mean, just second in command of the Captain Charisma ship. Uh, definitely would welcome a return. I think also that's the perfect like Saudi Arabia type match. Oh no, because that's the show where you do like the dumb nostalgia acts all the time. Mm-hmm. I think so this that's one's probably gonna burn one. You're right. That's I think this one's Edge one and Orton, which is good. But I could see the one later in the year. I guess Matt Hardy's gonna be gone, isn't he? I was going to say I mean, you could have done the, in the dark order. So that's going to be hard. You could have done the Hardys versus Edge and Christian over there again. Uh, Bubba Ray's back in the WWE fold. Isn't Devon? Is he? Devon already is. Wait, is Bubba Ray really? He was like the guest on the bump this week. Oh, so I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if he's back. He's gone from ROH. So he's at least a free agent. Marty Skrull kicked him out. I could see Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys. I would rather if you're going to do this because they did the DX first taker and Kane. That was poo poo garbage. <laughs> if you want to do nostalgia, I think the best way to do it is have the nostalgia team versus a current team. Like do edge and Christian versus the Usos or the new day or the revival or somebody hmm. instead of two teams that can't go like edge seemed okay. But I think we all can assume 46 year old edge is going to not be the edge. where we want him to be. No, He'll, 
he was always and he was never like the best he was always a great amazing character and that was why people loved edge is his his character his promos everything and then he was completely fine in the ring and it was good enough and he'll still be good at that but it's not like he's gonna go out there and put on a 30 minute classic with adam cole no so send him out there with somebody who can help that's what i was thinking just like who stands to benefit the most from an edge push and on the main roster right now, I just I don't see a lot of great ideas here. A lot of great heels that like need to work with Edge to kind of get over. So I'm just like I'd rather just see him work with one of the other top stars that he could actually have who could actually pull a badass match out of him, and that's AJ number one. Like AJ is just the best example of this. Orton and a- and Edge would be cool. Um, or Daniel Bryan. Yeah. That one actually give me all kinds of anxiety. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a dog collar match or something where it's like only neck offense is allowed. You're like, <laughs> yeah, like I just those two going at it would make me very uncomfortable. I don't think I ever want to watch them wrestle each other in 2020. I think I'm good. I'm still just the op- the possibilities here are still just so crazy to think of. Like, could you imagine watching any other TV show and a character that's been gone for nine years comes back? Yeah. That's absurd. And I was a huge Edge guy. Still have, I think, some that would be like shirts from back in the day. If you go to watch Black Widow next month and she calls up Rhodey to come help because she needs War Machine and the helmet comes down and it's Terrence Howard and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Will you remember where you were when Riddick Moss joined the Raw roster? I, I love Riddick Moss. Mm. I was a Riddick Moss supporter months ago. Ever since I saw him at the Combine event they did, he is very charismatic, is very athletic, is in a death spot. He played football, did not know. Yeah. But now he is guy who's out there with Mojo Raleigh, which I don't know how you make that work. You're putting him with one of your least popular acts on day one. They're doing, uh, I guess, an invert. Like, why is the 24-7 title still around? Like, what are we doing? Why is that still a thing? It was so fun for a while. Yeah. It had its run. Now toss it in the trash can and never do it again. When they had the right people, like... Was it three weeks ago when they did the random thing through the crowd and R-Truth ran around and they had a bunch of people chasing around? Wasn't that still? And it hadn't happened in months and it just, it looks so bad and it makes every wrestler look terrible. Everyone. It's the not good, good. The good era of it was like R Truth and Drake Maverick and right. Jinder on Twitter. When it was like a thing that was barely even on the show, and it was more of just like, hey, did you see this happened? And it was like, oh, he pinned him on the runway at the airport. Yeah. And it was just meant to be a dumb, fun thing, not part of the show where someone's like, I'm going to defend this belt. It was just, get- how can our product exist 24 7? I would love to get Vince McMahon in a room and be like, okay. I want you to outline to me why you think Drake Maverick and EC3 should not get five minutes on Raw each week. Explain to me. What, what is it? W- why? <laughs> why do you not like this? And show him old Impact stuff. Like, what are we doing here? Drake Maverick was great. He's needed on Raw. What are we doing? Well, he's EC3 on need something to do. 205 Live. Is he? Why does 205 Maverick? Live still exist with Drake Maverick having the title? Drake Maverick is the general manager of that show. How is that show still around? I don't understand. Well, because the little people. They ha- they're they now on NXT. Yeah, if they want that show to exist at this point, 
they should tape it at NXT and yes. just not air it live, just air it the next day. They should air it Tuesday because they have wrestling on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday now. Like, why is there nothing on Tuesday? Why are there two shows on Friday and nothing on Tuesday? Yeah, I don't know. There's no need. Or just put NXT UK. If you're going to tape it on Wednesday, I guess, put it on Thursday and move NXT UK from Thursday to Tuesday. And the seven people watching will just adjust. Hmm. I just, no thanks. I, I don't understand any of it. Um, did you watch AEW this week? Yeah. Did you like it? It was fine. It was fine? Did you not like it or did you love it? Um, you know what's interesting? The biggest difference between AEW right now and the main roster in WWE is the babyface differential <laughs> where like it's, it's not drew mcintyre where we're yeah like, well, i don't just, know about him the crowd is legitimately universally adoring their top two baby faces and this show featured them both in cody and in moxley and it's just the disparity between how aw books their top baby faces versus wwe is it's just they deserve some sort of kudos for that. Like they have created the perfect baby face in Moxley, like the, the eye patch with another eye patch underneath cracked me up this week where he, he has the bandaid under the eye patch, which I thought was funny. And they're really selling that him walking through the crowd works. Um, I like his music. I know some people don't, I, I like it. Um, he had a really good promo this week where he is like, he talked about, I'm no hero and talking about Jericho where it's like, uh, it's about the man, the kind of man that you are not, um, he had a lot of good lines. It was it was just smart. It was a good promo. It was good heel work from Jericho, where he's like, "Oh hi, whatever the fuck you people are saying." It was just those two work really well together, and the crowd was just into it. Like there was a lot of stinkers in the show. Like neither Rose, I still don't understand why they're doing that. She had a uh, rough match. Yeah, that was and Big Swole's great. Like she had a rough match with Big Swole. I don't understand why. There's also doing... such a different style between those two. Like Big Swole is so fast and athletic. And Nyla is the big monster, and it's tough to make that style of match work. It can happen. Like we've seen Brock Lesnar do it with little people all the time, but it's it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, and then also we have to mention Kenny and Adam Page. Like they realize that SCU does not need to have the titles because that was just insane that they kept doing that for as long as they did. The crowd, no reaction to SCU coming out this week. Um, Adam Page, hold my beer. That stuff. Even over. with the Kobe jerseys. Yeah, didn't know. Yeah, Adam Page is getting really over now, finally. Like, it was weird that like, about this show, they pushed they just... Adam Page from day one as like, he's probably going to be our first champion. He's definitely our first challenger. And everyone was like, he is not being treated in that spot at all. Right. And now as soon as he moved back down, now he's like where he, it feels like now he's where he belongs to be. And now people mm. can support him for that. Because they don't feel like he's being over, like pushed down their throats. Yeah, now it's organic. Like he literally fell from grace. And then there's just some good promo stuff. Like I love... The Dark Order chiming in. I loved um, MJF's backstage. Pack had a really good like uh, black and gray promo where he's just losing his mind. Like they're, I think they're finding their footing, and I think they're learning how to use hard cam, which is good. This week that was something I wrote down. I was like, I think they know where the cameras are now, which is important. It's easier to spot them when there's no fans anymore. But um, okay, they should probably cut down some match times and add more promo time because the promos yeah. now are actually doing very well like the Britt baker stuff the mjf stuff and 
they still have this thing where every match needs to be like an indie style, like main event type feel match. So you'll have like Cody versus Kip Sabian this week that went 15 minutes. And it's like, that doesn't need to, or we saw like you mentioned Hangman Page when he first with Kip Sabian, it went 20 minutes. But and the you're good just thing like, about it was Sabian's meant to be a jobber. It was great. Yeah, it took three finishes. Well, he well, was no, angry. he just did that with the crowd at Pop for it. It was like the three amigos, but three crossroads. It was it was great. The crowd popped for it. But like if you went over to Raw and like like because Kip Sabian's a, a fine wrestler. I'm not trying to like bash on the guy. But say you had like Mustafa Ali and in, in WWE, a great wrestler. Like I love Mustafa Ali. If you booked him against Brock Lesnar, I'm not expecting a 20 minute match though. But it would be better if it was. <laughs> If you booked it on an episode of SmackDown, I mean, I'm would you rather have Kobe be, versus Brock go five minutes or twenty minutes? I'd rather Cody versus Darby go five. minutes. I love how you dodge that because uh-huh. if just in case Will's listening, right, give, give an honest answer. I here. want every Kofi versus Brock match to go under a minute. Oh, because I enjoy Kofi. I enjoy Brock doing like what he did at the Rumble, where Brock just does a move and you're done. He's just so big that he doesn't have to chain wrestle you to the ground put you in a headlock to wear you out bring you up hit you with a big strike into a slupex he just is like but you'd oh, rather that than like one brock move. versus punk from like seven years ago yeah i don't even remember that now it's one of my favorite matches they were incredible together well that was cm punk there's uh-huh. kofi kingston yeah so kofi's a better wrestler than punk but cm punk was a bigger star Yes, but the match itself have, would have been better. Mustafa Ali versus Lesnar would be fun as hell. Ricochet versus Lesnar would be fun as hell. It would, but it wouldn't make sense to go that long. Yes, they have, it would. The characters are they're not all professionals. that way. Yes, Mustafa Ali there, was like almost in the main event of WrestleMania There last is year. a hierarchy of talent. There is a ranking. of. If you go to AEW specifically, there's a literal ranking of they're how They're all like 500. Are. I swear everyone on that roster right now has a career record of 5-4. and four. That's I'm, why they do all the like the trios matches and the others matches. Because then they can be like, look, everybody's 50-50. But in the one category we're going to count them in, they have a winning record. Yeah. I do. I like that They probably deserve some more criticism for the 50-50 booking. And it, it does seem yeah. like they're going to do a trios belt, which is something I said oh, a year God. ago. No, thank you. Because um, then they did their their rankings. It's like, here's your overall ranking. And then it splits down into like singles, tag, and trios. And it's like, first of all, that's there's matches that don't fall into any of those that still get counted. So it should just be like singles, tag, and other. And I figured the fact that they had a trios category was for a reason. It seems like it is. I think they should institute the women's tag belts and um, the Nightmare Collective. They should have a women's title in AEW. They should just have it and then uh, never wrestle for it. They just come out with the women's tag for heat. They just never actually wrestle. They just Um, give them bolster brandy. Yeah. (laughs) I would actually enjoy that. Um, No. Uh, Ryu is apparently there sometimes she was there this week just not used mm-hmm. why i i thought they were gonna take the title off her and they didn't i and... feel here's the one good thing i'll give to Rio right now i mean she's a good wrestler i'm not trying to say anything bad about Rio. she is supposed to be the babyface champion she has inadvertently become this amazing heel champion where people just want somebody else to be champion now so yeah. anyone she goes up against gets a lot of support. Like they'll put her against Chris Statlander a few weeks ago, who I think had had like one match before that or two matches before that. And everyone was like, it's time to pull the trigger on Chris Statlander. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's just like, 
it's time to pull the trigger on somebody who will be there every week and can talk and can wrestle on a regular basis. Not Rio, who has never said a word in this company and wrestles every four weeks and is the champion. And not in like the Brock way where he doesn't talk, but he has someone talk for him. Rio just doesn't talk, has no character. Mm. It's just, I come out, I wrestle, I win a match, I leave, and I smile. They're in... Yeah. Like, Britt Baker has a character. Is. Chris Statlander has a character. Even Brandy has a character. I wouldn't want Brandy to be women's champion, but these people are characters. Yeah. I don't know who the right person is. And then make the belt bigger. Morning. It's probably Hikaru Yoshida, but I don't... I don't know. How about uh, Kaylee Ray? They need to sign more people. Or, like, like, they don't Kylie. really need any more male wrestlers right now. They need to keep filling out that female roster. So you're saying you're excited for Luke Harper and Matt Hardy and who else is leaving WWE? The Revival. Who do you think's going to lead, uh, lead the Dark Order? Who do you think they're hitting at? What did they call him this week? The Exalted One? The Exalted One. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be Marty, but it's not now. So I guess Matt Hardy, which is almost like Marty. Would that be a big pop? I don't know. Matt Hardy, he's a legend. Yeah. But then they'd realize... Is he going to have to wrestle there? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to see that. that. No, but I could see him being there as like a a head of a group, vocal like mouthpiece. I don't want to see. He makes the most sense. Or Jim Cornette. Yeah, and if you got Jeff Hardy over there, would you like Jeff Hardy still wrestling in AEW? I would like Jeff Hardy still wrestling. Yeah, and not being hurt and on drugs all the time. I would like Jeff Hardy to be a happy, healthy person. An AEW seems like a more realistic option for that because they don't try out, like, it's not as strange. They don't drug test. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to cut, like, all of this podcast? Like, am I going to, just the the experience of having Eric Brady in your podcast. Um, you record four least. hours and you try to get 30 minutes out of it. <laughs> of not cancelable uh, material. Yeah. Jeff, sure. Jeff Hardy would be a huge star anywhere he goes still. Yeah. How old is he now? He's 40 something. Hmm. His WWE return 42. did not work because he got hurt way too quick and like they weren't sure what they were doing with him. I remember his big return at WrestleMania. That is all I remember. But I mean, hasn't he been out for a year now? I think so. I mean, his knee must be in really bad shape at this point because it usually doesn't take a year. He's been wrestling the way he does for over 25 years now. Yeah. His body is just broken down. Like, didn't Matt Hardy have problems? Like, his bones were, like, fusing together? Sure. I think I, that's right. I remember... Was like, that Seamus? I think Matt Hardy, from, like, doing all those, like, top rope leg drops, was having his, like, tailbone and his spine, like, push into each other and fuse together. And it was, like, messing up his whole, like, pelvis and ability to walk. Hmm. Wrestling is, uh, not worth it, people. <laughs> Unless you're Brock Lesnar or Edge and can make all the money. Edge getting $3 million a year for five matches, by the way. Good for him. Yeah. What a guy. $600,000 a match. You know what I wonder, though? Is if Beth doesn't get the NXT commentary job, does he come back? Like, I wonder. Was she the gateway? Yeah. I wonder if her just being away and him being stay at home dad and just being the one. These could be even worse for like. They were staying at home and she's like, you know, I still like this business. I'm going to see what I can do and get this commentary job. 
And Edge is like, that's great. I'll stay home with the kids. You go pursue your dreams. And then Edge is like, I'm coming back. So um, I'm going to be on the road again. <laughs> Do you mind staying home with the kids and quitting your job that you had first? Oh, man. Oh, I feel man. I feel like, they'll, I mean, she only works Wednesdays. Yeah. He'll never work Wednesdays. Like I do. That's a good point, though. <laughs> Just like he's like, yeah, go go do your thing. Yeah. Go Other do- than like the four weekends a year where they do these big Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam events, like they'll never both be on the road at once. Yeah. Um. I just I care more about the the Huskies. Make sure those guys are getting walked and everything. Bray Wyatt. No. Doesn't he have multiple Huskies? Does he? In the mountains and see like rescue dogs. Who? <laughs> edge that seems like such an edge and beth thing to do i don't know if they're rescues i just feel like oh they're white it's a rescue oh okay (laughs) that's a that's a requirement now that way you can go to the the local coffee shop and be like oh yeah he was a rescue and you can put the stickers in the back of your car to let the people behind you know that you rescue dogs exactly and when you have your little stick figure family stickers you have to have the dog on there also because he's part of the family yeah he's just like our he's our fur baby Anyway, I'm going to go pick up some kombucha. Do you have stickers on your car? No. Well, I have like a parking sticker. Okay. I definitely judge. Like, I wouldn't date someone who had like stickers in the back of her car. If they had any or if they had the wrong ones or. Like, I mean, parking stickers, like you said, is fine. I have a Stimountain Park sticker, but like. Like I had an ex who had like her Penn State sticker and I was like, that's fine. That's like one, whatever. Mm, maybe one. If it was the person who has like. Even though, even one though is risky because it depends on what the one is. Yeah. Like one for your alma mater, that's like a small one, like that's fine, who cares, whatever. But if it's one like shitty fucking one, because there's some bad bumper stickers out there, then one can be too many. It's just tacky to me. Also, I feel like you don't see bumper stickers anymore, which is good. You just see window stickers. I think people realize, oh, they can't see it down there. I need to raise my bumper sticker game and make sure it's in direct eyesight. And I feel like they don't come off as easily. Mm. And then you're like, especially for people who had the political candidate ones, you're like more committed then. W04 still popping up. There's there's one guy at my mom's street who still has his John McCain sticker on his car. <laughs> and it's just like, that's awkward because you lost. And, and it's he's just also been like, there. look, I don't want it on there any more than you do. It's just, it doesn't come off. Things been there for 10 years. I don't know what you <laughs> want me to do. The sun has melded it into the car at this point. It's fused like Matt Hardy's butt. <laughs> you okay? Uh, I never know where these conversations are going, Eric Brady. Yeah, they, they spread in wild places. Yeah. The coronavirus. There we go. That's a good way of wrapping up bringing everything full circle coronavirus yeah just right where we started is where we'll end (laughs) yeah (laughs) eric brady we can listen to you every week on rbr wrestling and uh new episode out this week um is there anything you would like else you would like to plug before we get out of here yeah uh sonic the hedgehog is coming to theaters in (laughs) two weeks uh tickets are available now as i learned when i went to see the gentleman this week and the man at the counter asked me if i would like to pre-order my sonic the hedgehog tickets and I said, yes. And then he flipped the screen around and said, pick your seats. And they were all available. <laughs> Which means he had been asking people at least all day, perhaps all week or something for all I know. And nobody had said yes yet. 
Um, Jeff Fowler directed it, and I'm not seeing a lot of a lot of stuff for him. Oh, he did visual effects for Where the Wild Things Are, and that was good. Uh, hopefully, it's a good movie because I am not only seeing it at 7:30 p.m. opening night, but I'm also seeing it at 10 p.m. opening night. What? Yeah, I'm seeing it twice. Why? I don't know. Why not? It's Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, if it's really bad, I won't. I'll watch what? it. And leave. Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. The same night? What if it's really good? And then and you're like, gotta ro- ro- what if the word of mouth is so strong that you can't get in after the first night? <laughs> oh, my God. Like cats. You're serious about this. You're actually going to do a double trouble? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the double bubble of Sonic. Is your girlfriend going to be here for this? Nope. She's going to see neither of them. Okay, so you're going to be sitting in a theater she, alone watching Sonic back She was back with me night. seeing Gentleman when this guy offered tickets uh-huh. and spun it around. And he's like, yeah, I'll take two tickets. And she's like, just one. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. He's on his own. She wouldn't accept a free ticket to Sonic. Damn. Well, that sounds good. The movie's going to do great, sounds like. That's right. That's my plug. I will follow up with you in two weeks on how it was. Offline, not on the show. This is not a movie podcast, people. This is this is the Chase Thomas podcast covers sports, mm-hmm. like sports. the Super Bowl. Go Niners. Um, I think the Niners win, but I'm not like actively invested in either team winning. I'm okay with either. That's, That's the fine. way to do it. You're just a go sports guy. You're uh, you're Rob Lowe with your NFL hat at home. <laughs> exactly no it's just like none of the teams in here like if it was the vikings i'm not really a kirk cousins guy so i'd adamantly oppose him like aaron Rodgers versus mahomes i'd probably lean more mahomes like it just mahomes and garoppolo and i love kyle shanahan from his time in atlanta and i also kind of want to see andy Reid get a ring so it's just i i don't i don't really have any ill will towards either of them and i'm okay with either of them winning so you'll be happy either way Right. And a lot of Super Bowls, I find myself backing one more than the other, but because the Falcons are never in them. And when they are, they uh, have the worst Super Bowl loss in NFL history. So I get to kind of look at it from a a different place this year, which is good. And maybe Netflix will do the cool thing they did last year where they were like, hey, here's a movie to watch after the game, even though it was bad. Yeah, they announced a Cloverfield movie with an ad during the Super Bowl and announced that it was available as soon as the game ended. Oh, I remember that. Which was the best way to do it, because that movie was really bad, but because it was announced... Wait, this in such wasn't a... 10 Cloverfield Lane. No, that, that okay. one was great. The I one love the bunker, that, yeah. This was the Cloverfield Paradox. This was like on a oh, spaceship. Oh, yeah. But I never because... watched it. Yeah, because immediately the next day, the word of mouth was like, that movie stinks. But at mm. the time, you saw this trailer, and they were like, hey, this movie's gonna be out in an hour and 15 minutes if you want to see it. So then when the game ended... Frontier 2, and I'm all in. Yeah. What the Love hell is that? that? Did you watch that? It no. was a rush. You think premium rush too is what you want with uh, no. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Uh, no, but I, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is quite good. So I would uh, I would watch anything. If it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jake Gyllenhaal, or Ryan Gosling, I'll watch the movie. Ryan Gosling is always surprisingly good. Yeah. A guy who's Place like... Place Beyond the Pines. Such a pretty boy. He's just like drive la la land anything yeah. he's in he's just even like the nice guys with uh yeah Russell Crowe. That. yeah that's a great un- that's a great forgotten movie <laughs> great forgotten movie from four years ago no one i guarantee like no one knows what the fuck that movie is like it's not no one quotes it no one talks about it no one knows it happened but it was 
very good. I remember seeing it in theaters being like, that was that was a fun, fun experience. Yeah, that's my plug. Go watch the the nice guys, people. Not, Not the, the other, other guys, guys which Will is Ferrell. a better <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of the reason it, it didn't last in the social consciousness is that it had a name very similar to another cop, buddy cop maybe, so with two more notable actors. Yeah. Are they more known? Oh, for sure. Wahlberg and Farrell versus Russell Crowe and Gosling? Absolutely. Russell Crowe, like... I guess at that point, Russell Crowe was not Russell Crowe anymore. No. This was not like three back-to-back Oscar nominations, right. Russell Crowe. No. If this you had is, made it 10 years early. Yeah. And Gosling had become the, like, the drive guy of like, oh, yeah, he's a great actor, but, like, it's not Mark Wahlberg. No. It's not going to find a Transformer. <laughs> All right. Bye, Eric Brady. Bye, Chase. All right, that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you uh, to the wonderful guests for coming on today's show. Thank you uh, to my wonderful listeners for listening to today's episode. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, If you like today's episode, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple. It would be great. Um, It helps the show continue to grow, and I would very much appreciate it. Uh, You can also support the show on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. for as little as five dollars a month it helps the show keep the lights on so that would be a great help to me as well uh you can also follow me on twitter at chase underscore thomas you could go to chase which has all of my stuff all my episodes ever um links to everything that you need um and all of my writing that uh i'm doing fairly often these days um on the nfl on nba on college football on pro wrestling i write about everything i write a lot um so go read me on that front so if you're not tired of listening to me you can also read me um so that's awesome but uh i think that's enough self-promotion from me for one episode Uh, i hope you continue listening that would be great and uh i will talk to you all again very soon thanks guys nicely done nephew Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.